You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. We've got so much to discuss with this inflationary environment. Core CPI, let's get back to it for a moment, Ed. The data there coming in today, basically matching estimates and reinforcing bets that the Federal Reserve will have to keep rates elevated to tame inflation in the longer term. But in the here and the now, we just try to really understand where we're dialing back on inflation. We want to get the view from the White House, Council of Economic Advisers, to be precise. The member is Heather Boucher. You join us now. And look, consumer prices in general, the print came in, well, where the market had seen it. The headline ticked above expectations on the month and month just ever so slightly. But Heather, what was your read on today's print? Well, certainly, as you noted, the headline was a bit above market expectations. But when you look at the whole report, you see that the pace of inflation, you know, in various parts of the report has been coming down in ways that are really important for consumers. So, for example, the pace of inflation for groceries are slower than they have been in over a year. Um, and, you know, that, that is consistent with news that we were talking about right after Thanksgiving, where the price of a Thanksgiving dinner was cheaper this year than it was last year. Um, and as we look forward um, to the holiday season, you see that some goods that are going to be important for families, sporting goods or toys or, you know, things that they might buy for Christmas, like televisions or whatnot, those prices have also, the, the pace has also slowed there as well. So, um, so there is some good news for consumers in there. And, you know, when you look over the last quarter, the annualized rate of headline inflation is about 2.2%. I would say, though, a lot of consumers don't feel it. Now, you've rightly pointed out that consumer sentiment has been picking up in December. It was up about 13%, I think. Inflation expectations, they've been dialing back. But, well, to use on the day that we get yet another word of the year, one word of the year has been this vibe session. And the feeling is that people don't feel great, even though the economy seemingly is going pretty great. What do you say as an administration when that hits hard on a consumer that doesn't feel the way that you're currently talking about this economy right now. Well, let's be very clear. The president has been clear. His economic team has been clear. We understand that high prices have been hard on families and that this has posed challenges. Pocketbook questions are really important. It's one of the reasons why when I looked at this report today, you know, we see actually that wages have now been um, uh, increasing faster than the pace of inflation for seven months now. And we know that it takes some time for things to, you know, kind of for people's perception of what's happening in the economy to, to resonate. We are hopeful that as we see wages continue, um, hopefully 
hopefully to outpace inflation. That'll help people be able to get their, their family budgets back under control. You know, the other thing we see, of course, is for the 80% of workers in the economy that are production and non-supervisory workers, so not the managers, but the production and non-supervisory workers, they have fully recovered their real wages back to where they had been pre-pandemic. So that's certainly good news, but we know that the path to recover from this historic, um, you know, uh, uh, virus-induced recession that we had and all of the challenges that we had getting back up online and the supply chain challenges, so much work went into making things function again in our economy. And hopefully as people go into this holiday season, they'll see that prices are, are that, that the pace is not as high as it was last year, and that'll help with consumer confidence over time. Heather, thank you for your time. It's Ed here in San Francisco. Our technology audience, its workers, just have one very simple question. What specifics, what areas are you seeing the Inflation Reduction Act have a substantive impact in, in lowering inflation? In other words, are there any specific data points you can give us that show the IRA has worked? Well, let me just focus on one today. Um, so we saw in today's report on uh, inflation that the price of new cars has fallen for the past two months. And in fact, actually, it's fallen for four out of the last six months. And one of the things that we've been tracking very carefully because of the Inflation Reduction Act is what's been happening with the U.S. auto industry as we've made this his, these historic investments in, in batteries and in electric vehicles. And of course, we've seen that the number of electric vehicles has been rising, and we see that actually the price of those cars, because there's now more competition, has actually come down. So now the price of an electric vehicle is about within $3,000 yes. of a car. Then that's before the, um, the, the tax credit that families can receive to buy those new electric vehicles. So that's one place where those investments are helping to bring changes for consumers and families while also creating good jobs here in the United States. In that case, Heather, what is the White House's reaction to the news overnight that Ford has cut its production target for the F-150 Lightning by 50 percent for 2024? And what they're saying is they're simply matching their output to what is what they see as being consumer demand. Well, I can't comment on that uh, today in, in the details, but you know we are seeing these historic investments. Um, you know, as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act, we are seeing these um, the, this uptick in sales for electric vehicles that we've seen in the past. Of course, you know this is it is challenging to reshape an entire economy to build a new clean energy, clean energy economy. But knowing that the president has done what he could do, working with Congress to be able to make sure that businesses have the support they need to be able to make these investments. That's where our energy has been focused. There is, of course, that tension that ultimately inflationary pressure hasn't been helped by geopolitics, by trade in particular, by the fact that we are having to slow, in some ways, the supply chain between the US and China in particular. How much of a help or a hindrance is that, particularly at the moment when we think of what's happening in the chip sector? Well, let me just say a couple of things. You know, when you look at the pace of inflation, and um, if you were to overlay um, price changes along with changes in what has happened in uh, the, the, the supply chain index that we look to, you actually see that a big part of why we've been able to get prices down, you know, right, they were um, at their peak 9.1%, now we're at 3.1% for headline inflation. You know, when you look at that shift, a lot of that mirrors these um, challenges that we saw in supply chains as an outcome of the pandemic. 
um, and his businesses had to get up and running, and yet there was still this virus around the world and it upended these global supply chains. All the work that the president did to make sure that goods were able to be transported, to make sure that the ports were working, that played a key role in, um, in where we are today and getting prices down. And of course, global trade is a really important part of those global supply chains. Heather, in the technology industry, there are still companies that are reducing headcount. And at the same time, AI is driving a number of postings which seems to be adding to, to wage inflation because, frankly, the numbers are astronomical on offer to hire the best talent in AI. Does the White House have any data that shows an AI impact on the labor force and, indeed, the economy right now? Well, at this moment, this technology is new, so I can't. I, we don't have like a specific estimate, but I can tell you a couple of things. I mean, first, this is an issue that the president takes seriously. In fact, I believe today um, his AI council is meeting and they're having conversations about uh, about uh, these technologies. But you know, one of the things that we've seen in past instances where we've seen new technologies is that people's jobs tend to change, and it works its way as it works its way through the system. So we expect that you know, as these new technologies come online. That'll shift the composition of skills that workers need and how they're, they're performing on the job. But just know that this is something that the administration is certainly focused on, um, as it, the president is so focused on making sure that we're building an economy from the middle out and bottom up and prioritizing workers in our economic agenda. Heather Bauschi, the White House Council of Economic Advisors, thank you very much. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.